Welcome to episode number 24 of In the Word with Mel Bennett. This is a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. My name is Steve Webb, and we're so glad you're with us today. Pastor Bennett's subject today is, So You're Looking for Love. His scripture is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Let's get our Bibles out, shall we? Great. Let's join Pastor Mel Bennett. Today I want to deal with the subject of looking for something more in a rather questioning mark, looking for something more. And our text is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 13. And it reads like this, And now abideth faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. From the time we're small, we are all looking for love, I believe. Problem is, we don't always know what we're looking for. Think of it for a moment. We love our dog. We love our house, we love our cat, we love our car. The list could go on and on, and all things we say that we love. Yet we use the same word to say we love our family, our wife, our husband, our children, our mother, our father, and even our God. Really, we need to ask ourselves, what is the love we're looking for? When we enter the realm of religion, love to both God and man is fundamental to the religion, to true religion. Jesus said, all the law and the prophets hung upon love. Matthew 24:40 says, one of these two commandments hang on all the law and the prophets. Mark 12, 28 through 33 reads like this. Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, Perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Jesus followed up and recognized that he, the religious leader, answered well. Paul writes his matchless ode to love in 1 Corinthians 13 and finishes by making love the greatest of the graces of the Christian life. He says it is greater than speaking with other tongues or the gift of prophecy or the possession of faith with a superior excellence. Paul says without love, all these gifts and graces, though desirable, are useful and useful as they may be in themselves, are as nothing of no permanent value in the sight of God. See, this is not an attempt to underestimate faith, from which all gifts and blessings proceed, but faith that does not manifest itself in love 
both to God and man, is worthless and is, in fact, idle belief. Love is the highest expression of God and his relationship to mankind, and it must be the highest expression of man's relationship to God and his fellow man. Whenever you think of Christmas, and we are seeing that the season of Christmas is right around the corner, it's all about love and giving and our fellow man. It's all about God expressing his great desire to have a relationship with mankind. Let us try to find a definition for this love. I read one recently that said this, Love, whether used of God or man, is an earnest and anxious desire for our active and beneficent interest in the well-being of the one love. The manifestation of that love may differ in relationship, but you will never find it better expression than in God giving His Son to redeem mankind. It is God's earnest and anxious desire to act toward us for our benefit and our well-being. Let's talk about the love of God for just a moment, if we can. If you would consider love, you must first consider the love of God. For he who is love, the love of God, is the whole of his nature. For God is love, which leads him to express himself in terms of grace and kindness toward mankind. It is God actively manifesting his interest and affections in acts of loving care and self-sacrifice in behalf of the object of his love, mankind. That is God loving you and I in an active way. God is love just as he is light and truth and spirit. You see, spirit and light are expressions of his essential nature, while love is the expression of his personality corresponding to his nature. God not merely loves, but he is love. It is his very nature, and in giving his Son, he imparts his nature into the very domain in which his creatures dwell. When we receive Jesus into our lives, this nature becomes the very domain in which we now live. For he that abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. John 4, verse 16. Christianity is the only religion that sets forth the supreme being as love. In other religions, he is set forth as an angry being and in constant need of appeasing. Christianity alone makes a difference in life for two very good reasons. Number one, God loves his Son, Jesus Christ. The Son shows us the love of the Father in a unique sense. Isaiah 42 one says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. See, there is an eternal affection between the Father and the Son. The eternal love of the Father is expressed toward the eternal Son. Secondly, God loves the believer in his Son with a special love. God loves the world of mankind. But those who are united to Jesus by faith are loved now in a different sense from those who are not united by faith. These scriptures teaches are special objects of God's love. Note the words of Jesus in his great prayer for his disciples in John 17, 23. He prays that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. See, we are not on the outskirts of God's love, but in the very center of it, John 16, 27 says, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me 
and have believed that I came forth from God. As I said earlier, we will soon observe the Christmas holidays, and I want to encourage you to remember that the giving to the world of his Son is God's activity and him anxiously expressing his love to us. When we receive by faith that love, by receiving Jesus, we enter a dimension of love greater than anything the world can ever know. If you are looking for something more today, I believe it is to be found in the love of God that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Love can take on a new dimension of joy, peace, and hope, but the greatest thing is you can enter the fullness of God's love. Most of you know the song, The Love of God. It is a modern hymn by the standards of most of the hymns which I have used to close this program. However, I could find nothing more fitting among the hymns. The first two verses were written in 1917 by Frederick Lehman. He wrote hundreds of hymns and compiled five songbooks. Verse number three, however, was written by an anonymous author a few years later. The story has it that when a man after his death was removed from his room in an insane asylum, these words were pinned on the wall of his room. Whether the story is true or not, the message remains true of God's love. Listen to the words of the beautiful song, The Love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. When earthly time shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints' and angels' song. And then verse number three, which was written supposedly in an insane asylum, pinned on his wall when he died. Could we with ink the ocean fill? Now think of this. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain that ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father and our God, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity of sharing your love, your compassion, your grace with mankind. O God, how much you loved us that you sent your own Son to die on the cross of Calvary to redeem us from our sins. Now, Lord, we come to you, every one of us, Lord, acknowledging that we are nothing but sinners saved by the grace of God. And we ask you, Lord, that in your love and your mercy and grace, you bring forgiveness to those who need it, including us, O oh God. Everyone needs Jesus Christ in their heart and in their life. And so fill us with your love, the mighty love of God. And when we search for something more, May we find that more in Jesus Christ. This we pray in your name and for your glory alone. Amen. I am 
God's capacity to love is more than we can comprehend, isn't it? I'm so glad that it is. Without His love, how hopeless our world would be. Amen? Thank you for that message, Pastor. Next week, Pastor Bennett will answer the question, What is a Christian? In the process, he'll discuss a comparison between the soul and the Christian. Feel free to write Pastor Bennett at pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. Let him know your thoughts. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.